Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Welcome to SEM Synergy. I'm your host, Bruce Clay, and this is our weekly digital marketing podcast. I'm joined today by SEO manager Rob Ramirez, director of training Mindy Weinstein, and community manager Christy Kellogg. As always, we have a lot of information to cover in today's show. There's a whole bunch of Google announcements and answers to questions and things like that to go over. Uh, The topic is uh, initially Panda 4.2, but we've got other topics. We also want to talk about a change to Google Local and uh, what it means for businesses. It's going to change quite a few traffic patterns out there, uh, a lot of changes. Later in the show, we're going to get a little bit more technical as we talk about infinite scroll and implementation and what deserves a warning. Great. Well, let's start with talking about Google Panda. Of course, it's always a hot topic, and it's Panda 4.2. So, you know, it's been a few weeks since Google announced that update, so we're still seeing the repercussions of it. Now, of course, anytime Google makes an announcement, there's a lot of speculation, and because of that, Barry Schwartz wrote a blog post for Search Engine Land, and what he did in his post is he got with Google, and he had some answers to the lingering questions that people had about Google Panda 4.2. Now, one of them, there's quite a few. I'll run through some of them, and then we can discuss what we've seen since the rollout. But one of the questions had to do with why is it rolling out so slowly, because Google said it was going to be a slow rollout. And according to Barry and what he posted in the article, um, Google said that there are technical reasons for the slow rollout, but it is not done with the purpose of confusing SEOs or webmasters. So I thought that was something worth noting because that was some of the speculation of not seeing, you know, having more harder time pinpointing exactly um, what's changed to the update. So I thought that was interesting that Google came out and said, no, it's really because of technical reasons. And one of the other things that Google said is that they're shifting their infrastructure towards more continuous changing and gradual rolling out of Panda, incorporated into their core ranking algorithms. So I thought that was interesting. Um, some of the other things that they brought up, you know, was it, you know, I thought Panda was site-wide because they were talking about it's going to be a page-by-page rollout. So that was another question that um, was brought up. And, um, again, we, we work with a lot of, clients and, of course, a lot of websites, so I know we've already seen quite a bit. Uh, I just wanted to open that to discussion of, you know, as a group, what have we seen? Sure, sure. And, you know, true to their word, we are definitely seeing that over time, uh, different sites are affected uh, by the Panda update, uh, mostly positively in what we've seen, sometimes negatively, uh, but it is definitely rolling out over time as Google promised. So uh, there is that. Um, you know, confusing SEOs uh, is not the purpose of Google going so slowly. It's just a kind of unintended 
consequence, I guess. Uh, we're not sure why exactly, what the technical reasons are and the reason that the implementation has to roll out in this fashion. Google's been saying for a while now that they're going to roll Panda into their ranking algorithm and it was just going to run as part of the algorithm. They've said that for quite some time, promised it for quite some time. This may be the final implementation of making that happen going forward. I mean, who knows? Uh, obviously, the best you can do is pay attention to the way your site is uh, laid out, the content and the on-page elements, and make sure they're the best that they can be. I think that uh, I can maybe express an opinion about the reason it's slow. Um, if it is page level, and Google has 60 trillion pages in the index, it'll take a while for them to end up with a population large enough to have a consistent panda impact on the entire thing. Sure. Um, sure. It is not unreasonable to assume that it takes Google a couple of months to re-spider every page in their index. And if what they did is they built it into the algorithm, it implies that they've built some database elements around them so that the algorithm can work at the speed of an index. And if they have to populate those spots or leave them zero, uh, and I, I don't think they want to leave them zero because it'll take a lot of competent pages and push them off the results, mm -hmm. they have really very little choice but to just spider everything. Sure, sure. Uh, they did that once before, uh, way, way, way back. Um, it was even before they went public, I think. Um, but they did it way back where they had to rebuild the database of links because the database had dead links and, you know, massive, I think, inconsistencies. Uh, now I think it's time for them to rebuild it again. I wouldn't be at all surprised if they're not using this, if they're going to respider every page, as an opportunity to rebuild their link database as well. So it could be that what we're seeing is a two-month rollout referred to as Panda, but at the end of the two months, we may very well see a Penguin update. I agree with that totally. And we know that Google has indicated that a Penguin update is most likely months away. Um, take that for what it's worth. Obviously, they've promised these things in the past, but October seems to be kind of a favorite month of theirs to roll out these types of updates. So... I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, at the end of this Panda rollout there be a Penguin update as well. So it is definitely something to keep in mind. Um, you know, it's interesting. Barry Schwartz has consistently said that Panda is a site-wide action. Uh, and he said that because Google told him as much. So he's reported it consistently. We've seen something different, though, starting with the last Panda. When, when they refreshed Panda to 4.0, it was definitely targeted at individual pages you could see losses of rankings across page sets and page types, not for every page on your site for a while now. Uh, and I know Barry has consistently kind of put out there that this is that Panda site wide, Panda site wide. And, and he was told as much. And Google clearly has confirmed that it still is a site wide action, according to the, the content in his article. Um, but from boots on the ground, analyzing sites that have been penalized, we see time and time again individual page types, individual silos, individual pages can definitely get impacted by Panda. It does not necessarily 
banish an entire site from the index, you know, impact rankings across the board. Some pages uh, can rank well, while others suffer uh, when Panda is filtered, the Panda filter is being applied to a site. So nothing new there for us anyways, but certainly uh, people are starting to, I think, see uh, the effect uh, that Panda can have on individual pages. And if if I'm right, and it is as spidered, that would make sense because some pages would have data and other pages may not. Uh, we've also seen an interesting thing going with it. Uh, pages that don't seem to have traffic to them seem to be dropping out of the index. Um, that may be also part of this recrawling in Panda. Uh, if you have low traffic pages and they're no longer in the index, it may very well be that your quality score if you will, goes up because Google will be dropping the pages that are lowest quality because nobody visits them. So it, it may be much bigger than just, hi, I'm looking at the quality of your content. It may be I'm, I'm looking at the pages to determine if anybody cares. Sure. Sure, absolutely. And we saw that before they refreshed Panda originally, Panda 4.0, uh, we saw an influx, an increase of indexed pages pre- prior to the launch uh, of Panda, which makes a whole lot of sense. Google making sure that they have every page considered on the site. And then we saw a purging of the index following its rollout, which again is Google saying these pages were so low value, they don't deserve to be indexed to begin with. We're going to purge them from our index. So uh, it makes perfect sense that as they are uh, refreshing these types of algorithms and refreshing their database uh, that they are going to uh, have these kinds of dramatic impacts on uh, the index count of individual sites and, and uh, Google's overall index uh, overall. Well, I'm going to predict that as soon as Google says that the Panda rollout is complete, within a couple, maybe three, four weeks at the outside, we're going to see the update for Penguin because they will have just, in my mind, they're respidering. Uh, if that's the case, they're rebuilding. They just have to recalibrate and redetermine, and then they can put another update out there. Um, if this is right, they've, they're going to have done a rather significant job of determining what the index should be. I mean, this will be, within the last two months, a total refresh of the index. Links, quality, every penalty they've ever had, uh, low quality pages. This is going to be a massive change, um, or at least a validation that they've been right or wrong all along. I don't know, but I, I expect it to be within a certainly within two months. We're going to see a significant disturbance in the force. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, that's really interesting, and it makes sense. I mean, your prediction. So, I mean, I think that's what we need to be on the lookout for. Uh, we're going to need to take a break in a minute, but um, Rob, would you mind introducing the topic that we'll continue to talk about after the break, and it has to do with uh, the local pack? Sure, and and this was something that just came through. Uh, Google has made a global change to the local pack, the seven pack previously, uh, and reduced it to essentially be three results. I mean, that's the kind of headline anyways, uh, seven pack to three pack pretty much across uh, any query that you do, uh, the format and the layout of the SERP is also changed uh, with some uh, pretty dramatic changes uh, and impact to what is displayed on the SERP, 
Uh, and there's really clearly some uh, strong goals of Google making these types of changes. But this is literally something that uh, probably still hasn't completely rolled out everywhere. But we're definitely seeing it globally as we check. We started seeing it late yesterday, and we anticipate that this is going to be the change uh, that, that happens everywhere worldwide. And there are reports already of uh, the, the EU sites. UK already being impacted. Canada has been impacted. Uh, so I think this is here to stay. I can safely say I think we've seen the last of the seven pack. That's so interesting. I can't wait to hear more about that when we come back. So we'll talk about what that means for businesses when we return. We're going to take a quick break. More SEM Synergy coming up. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Mindy Weinstein. And before we had our break, we were talking about uh, the latest local pack update and what Google SERPs are looking like now. So, we, Rob, you were just talking about it, giving a little bit of a summary. But I just want to, again, open it up. 
to how this is going to impact everybody. You know, what does this mean for local businesses, having an update like this and what we're seeing in, in local results? Well, theoretically, it hurts local businesses. And, and the reason is that there's a lot less real estate on the first page that a local business can rank for with their Google My Business listing. Seven to three is a pretty dramatic change. Couple it with Pigeon, which rolled out last year, uh, and Pigeon's uh, change, one of the main changes that Pigeon had was the strength of the domain influenced your rankings in the local pack. So what we had was a lot of large brands, large companies with really strong killer domains ranking much higher than they used to in local results. And now Google's kind of said, well, if you're four through seven, now you're out of luck. You're coming off the first page altogether. So it's a it's a kind of a blow to small businesses. Uh, you know, that, that it's kind of speculation. Uh, and we don't know if it's going to change at all. But certainly, initially, that's what it looks like. It seems to be that they've diminished the importance of anything Google+. Plus. When you, if you do a search for, like... Um, you know, tires near me, shoes near me, something like that. You get a local pack. You generally will get a local pack. You will end up where the map, instead of being above the pay-per-click, is now in line on the left-hand side, so it's a little bit bigger. If you click on it, it takes you to a maps page, except the left-hand side is purely what would have been a local pack. And then the right-hand side are all the locations. Exactly. So it isn't seven. You'll probably get a dozen on the left-hand side. I didn't count them, but you get many more. And on the right-hand side, you see where they are relative to you. And as uh, you and I in a conversation earlier noted, if you click on one of the entries, you get some information about the site. Right, right. Um, The second thing I think is important to note is that it actually doesn't contain information on the local pack like it used to. Yeah, the the SERP specifically, uh, the address and the phone number are gone, which is a big deal, obviously. Uh, it used to be you could do one of these searches and you could pick up your phone and dial from the SERP. I'm sure we all, we've all done it because you, you found the business you were looking for. Off to the right, the uh, phone number and the address were there. So you could theoretically drive to the location or pick up the phone and dial and uh, reach the location without really interacting with the SERP any further. Well, Google's removed that, and clearly it's an intentional decision to do so. They're looking for attribution. They want to know when you are dialing a small business or a big business, for that matter, dialing a local business because uh, you did a search for it. So they're going to put that uh, information behind a click. You now have to click through to either uh, view the full information on a listing, uh, which, as Bruce was saying, will take you to another maps page that kind of expands out and shows all the information that's found on a Google Plus business page. But uh, it does require that extra click. So, again, attribution, as far as Google's concerned, is there now. Uh, and it's more data on how people are interacting with the SERP and when they're actually contacting or deciding to drive to a business because the address is gone as well. You have to click a button that says directions, and it actually loads the map. And that's the only way you'll actually reveal what the location of the business is. It, right now, it just has the street name, basically. So the 
SERP is pretty dramatically different. Um, you know, the removal of the phone number from it is, is huge. Uh, that's a big deal no matter which way you slice it. Um, Google is requiring that users have to give it that, that extra click uh, in order to get more information. And as you said, Bruce, Google Plus uh, is gone. I mean, there is no way to get to that Google Plus page from the SERP any longer which is, you know, kind of confirms all the suspicions that people have that Google Plus overall is is dying or dead. Uh, certainly, they're not going to force feed it down people's throat the way they did when they cr- had them create business pages, right? Everything Google My Business ran through Google Plus. Well, uh, they're kind of removing that because there is no link to Google, Google Plus business pages on the SERP any longer. One of the things that, and maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but... Uh, Google is in the business of making money. And pay-per-click is what people used to click on. The organic results, which are truly organic, these are crawled public trust information organic results, those organic results are certainly not Google's property and they're protected by you know the Federal Trade Commission kind of thing. However, uh, the directory for local results, is an opt-in directory. That makes it pretty much Google's property. And to me, taking out the phone numbers just screams that Google can charge you for them in the future. Absolutely. And Google likes to make money on the left-hand side of the page if they can, because that's where people click. So I'll speculate that it's only a matter of time until there are revenue opportunities for Google within the local results. You know, the writing's on the wall for me. Um, local pack is, of course, uh, you know, something important to everybody. You click the map, it opens up, you see more. It's not that hard to get to the 10. Um, but what shows? Those are the things that Google has an opportunity to start selling into. Um, the ones that show there, I don't know if it'll ever be a paid inclusion program. I know it was talked about, but... Um, you know, you want to be on that first page, you're going to pay them money for your phone number, you're going to validate your entry somehow, uh, anything is possible. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I think that that's where we're headed. Uh, it makes perfect sense. They can charge for every click now, right? You reveal a phone number through a click, see an address through a click, they can charge for that now. Because it is uh, tied to a web event when previously it wasn't. In the short term, the benefit for SEOs anyways is because is that we get to uh, report a little bit more specifically on the return that local listings are generating. Because again, we are getting that click-through information in the Google My Business dashboard. Uh, we're able to tell how often people click to find directions, uh, be able on mobile to tell how often they click to call, uh, right? And that's something I think we haven't mentioned yet. When you search on a mobile device, uh, the, the directions and website boxes that appear on the SERP are replaced by a call icon. Uh, not the phone number, mind you, uh, a call icon. Again, requiring a click to bring up the uh, actual uh, phone number and dial directly from your phone. So again, the attribution models are in place for Google to monetize this. Uh, but in the short term, we do get a little bit more data on how often people were interacting with those local listings. Uh, and uh, that's a benefit for us, certainly. You know, I had to be killing Google knowing that every time someone did a local search with all of that data being displayed there, that they could just pick up the phone and dial it directly. 
calling who knows which of the seven results, driving to who knows which of the seven locations. Well, with this move, they've removed that option for their searchers. And they are basically able now to tell exactly where you were trying to go, exactly who you were trying to call, uh, because it requires you to click through to another page to actually uh, see the data. One more thing you might just want to pay attention to. Google recently changed the format of the search result page on mobile. And now what happens is instead of two pay-per-click entries at the top of the page and then organic or, or places... Uh, there's three pay-per-click, which is sufficient in most cases to totally consume the entire first screen on a mobile device. So even then, this is pushed down. When people go down and they see these entries, they have to scroll down to them because pay-per-click is at the top. Uh, how far are they going to scroll for organic? Yep. That's really the question. And that that's something that we're going to have to figure out as a industry, I guess. Yeah. And as you said, Bruce, I mean, Google's in the business of making money. The local listing game, local businesses, represents the largest opportunity that they have to generate money, right? They, they've already sold ads for every query that you can imagine. What they haven't done is capitalized on you going down the street and purchasing something from the mom and pop. Well, that's all changed now. Uh, they are they are in the game. They are going to monetize that section, uh, and it, it, it represents an opportunity for them to increase their revenue, which is obviously their business. This is what they're trying to do. Well, you have to pay for a yellow page directory entry. Why shouldn't you have to pay for a digital directory entry? Absolutely. Interesting. Well, those are all really good points and things we got to watch out for and see what happens in the future. It's always fun theorizing what Google may be doing and, and what's the intent behind their actions. Um, I want to just spend a, the last couple minutes um, just talking about a blog post that we published recently on our site, and it's about infinite scroll. So you can read the entire uh, blog post, all the information, because we're just going to touch on it on a high level in the next couple minutes. But we took the angle of explaining how infinite scroll can be risky for SEO, and it was a blog that was written by Christy. So, Christy, if you don't mind just talking about what inspired you to write this blog post, and then we can, if you want to give a couple of main tips from your post, and then we can point them, all the listeners there, for more information. Sure. Um, so, at our last SEO training, Rob and I were actually there, and there was a webmaster in the class, and he was telling me all about his site, um, just like on a break from the training, and he was so excited because he was going to be implementing infinite scrolling, and I thought that sounded awesome, and I thought of like the LA Times, um, they have it on their site, and it's like a really cool feature, but that got me thinking, wait, we don't have infinite scrolling on our blog or on our site, so I wandered over to Rob, and I was like, hey Rob, tell me more about this, and like, why don't we have it? And so we talked about it, and I learned that it's actually really risky for SEO. So, Rob? It is. I mean, whenever you uh, have uh, some kind of dynamic content element on your page, you run the risk of uh, having content left out of Google's index. It's the bottom line. Uh, depending on how it's implemented, and there are ways that you can implement parallax scrolling, infinite scrolling, uh, to make sure that your content does get indexed, 
Um, but uh, if you're not careful, you can really shoot yourself in the foot. Um, Google obviously is striving to get their bots to be able to consider and index content that's in JavaScript and Ajax and all the rest, um, but they're not there yet. And it's our job to make sure that uh, our websites, our clients' websites, um, are always indexable. Uh, we have a good relationship with the search engines, and that involves and includes making sure that all the content that we have on our pages is readable, crawlable, indexable, and searchable. Uh, and these types of elements, uh, this type of dynamic uh, type of placement, uh, run they, they run a risk. That's just the bottom line. I think that if Google has said, I believe, that uh, tabs, uh, the content of tabs, have a risk that since they're not shown to the user by default that perhaps they won't rank as well, mm -hmm. the content might not be considered. It seems to me that this falls into the, very much the same category. User can't see it unless they do something. That something might be easy for Google to spider. It might not. Right. You know, Google doesn't click buttons. <laughs> you know, it really depends. And I, I think you're right. I think that it's Jury is out, but I, I think it's risky. Absolutely, absolutely. The good news is that if you do want to implement infinite scrolling, John Mueller has a really cool blog post where he talks about what you can do to make sure that Google sees it, and that's linked to in the article on our blog, on the Bruce Clay blog. Um, so we're actually out of time, but um, we encourage you to check out that article and learn more about infinite scroll. Thanks to Webmaster Radio, and thanks to all of our listeners Tell us what you thought of the show today by reviewing the podcast on iTunes. Go to scmsynergy.com slash iTunes to do so. Be sure to join us next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business -business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.